Hello, hello everyone, and welcome back to the Dream Team Podcast. This is episode five on this Thursday afternoon. I'm your host, Jake Schultz, joined by always to my left, Zulfi Shake. What's up, what's up? Episode five, our first milestone. There we go. Spencer Gloss. Hello, everyone. And Danny Ramos. Yo, five episodes. Wow. That's so much enthusiasm <laughs> in your voice wow. there. I that guy, excited about five sorry, guy that was sorry. roasting us for three listeners. Am I, no, I'm just distracted by my notes on my computer. I st- am excited for five episodes. You still heated for how we ended last episode? Is that why? It's a horrible. Oh, I'm still heated. We talked yeah. about it after. I want us to have a real debate about that topic at some point. <laughs> it's it's a good topic, man. I don't know. It's 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 fun. No. All right. I like seeing your confused faces. Spencer at the end is literally just like he's so over yeah, it. He's ready to it's leave. so funny listening. He's like, I'm not giving this any attention at all. Goodbye. <laughs> Hey man, I think there's a real debate to be had. Bacon and video games. It's, it's a good point. I want to. I want to debate it. Especially the no games part. Ah, shut up. All right. Yeah, so that's the part. Game three of the NBA Finals last night. Duh. That's that's my initial reaction, <laughs> reaction? from that game. Duh. There is three of us that went Miami. One of us that went Denver. Lone wolf. We will. Let's get to the recap first before we let that lone wolf give a little bit of a talk to us. Uh, game three. In Miami, in South Florida, Miami looking to get back in the win column at home. They dropped the past two games at home. Miami staying with the same starting lineup with Kevin Love in there once again. Denver has lost consecutive games just once this postseason. In the first, a low-scoring first, low-scoring game in general, honestly, in comes Reggie Jackson. I think somebody called that. He's finally in the game. Will he make a difference? No. He had no. literally one assist in one minute. I think by the time I messaged you that he was in the game, he was, he was already gone. out of the game. Yeah. I was so hyped when I saw him, he and then uh, everyone's like, oh, he's gone. I'm like, okay, cool. I think we know why he was gone. We'll get to that guy a little bit later. Butler shines and shimmies right through green, and Jokic off a screen from Zeller and hits the baseline. He had 10 in the quarter, definitely off to a hot start. To the second now. Denver hits their first three-point of the night from Bruce Brown. They didn't make a ton of threes, shooting just 27.8% on the night. Later on, oh boy, a familiar sight. Caleb Martin splashes a three, then another three. Then Lowry grabs a steal off the joker, and Martin drives and hits a nifty off-the-glass shot to have his own little 8-0 run. Miami definitely needed that up four now. Back and forth the whole quarter. Bam Adebayo crashes the glass and slams the rebound right over top of Jokic. He, once again, got another double-double. He would not be the only one to reach that milestone on the night. Near the end of the quarter, Jokic double-teamed, finds Jamal Murray, who splashes a three to take the lead. He was on fire. Denver up just five at the half. To the third now. And this is where things began to unravel just a little bit. Denver opens the quarter on a 6-0 run from plays from Aaron Gordon, from Jamal Murray, and Nikola Jokic. Nuggets go up 11. Jokic continuing to make wild shot after wild shot attacking Gabe Vincent, Max Struess. All right. Then Christian Brown, the guy that I had no idea about yesterday, two days ago. What a game from the rookie. There's We mentioned his name getting it wrong, too, Connor Brown. Brown. Brown instead of Brown. No way we get it wrong this time. He's made a name for himself. What a absolute breakup performance from him. Gets a steal off of Butler, runs it down the court, throws it down. He had 10 points and shot perfect in the third. Unbelievable. Nuggets up 14 now. Into the fourth, Heat trying to work their way back. Adebayo can't get it to fall. Brown gets the ball back, goes right at Jimmy, 
and gets it in. Up 19 now. Heat going on a 7-0 run. Do they have any more magic left in them? Can they make that comeback? They have made multiple double-digit comebacks this season. No, they don't. Jokic spins and gets a circus shot off of Adebayo. This one is done. Just a fun little nugget here. Udonis Haslam checks into the game. He becomes the oldest player ever to play in the NBA Finals. I guess that's Miami's win for the night. Jokic records the first ever 30-20-10 game in NBA Finals as he collects his 10th triple-double of the postseason as Denver blows out Miami 109-94. Jokic and Murray each score 30 points and are also the first teammates in NBA history to record 30-point triple-doubles in the same game. Wow. it's a lot. That is a lot. Zolfi, what stood out to you to start? What stood out to me, I think if you look at this game in a vacuum, it was basically Denver saying, our duo is better than yours, to Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, who I don't think like had bad games. Uh, we can talk about that a bit, but the box score wasn't bad. Bam with 22-17, and 17, Jimmy with 28 points, but not much else. He had four assists. But 30-point uh, triple-doubles is absolutely insane. And the thing I love about it is... We said last game this idea of turning Jokic into a scorer being a successful strategy, at least in game two. And what I think Mike Malone did is he basically said, if that's what you're going to do, we are going to make that our game plan. We are going to not only turn Jokic into a scorer and then hope that guys like Jamal and the role players can like make something out of it, is that, no, we are going to take our duo of Jamal and Jokic and make that our offensive game plan. The dribble handoff between these two I think is one of the most – dangerous combinations I think I've seen in a long time from a duo like working together not just two talented players but two talented players who can do things together a pick and roll where your guard can be the screener or your big can be the screener where uh it's just as reasonable to think one of them will roll or fade to the three-point line and the passing options out of it because they have such good wing players is scary I don't know how teams defend that and it was just so impressive what these two guys can do you talked about Christian Braun uh, Brown, sorry, I made the mistake. Uh, you said someone should remember that, but <laughs> I clearly didn't, but I will make sure I do that now. But Christian Brown, we said last game, he had six points, but it was an effective six points. He showed tons of energy, and we saw the impact he can have in this game. He, like This team is filled with glue guys, and I said coming into this game, if their role players could just do enough, it would be fine. Like If you look at the box score, the only other double-digit score in that game for Denver was Aaron Gordon. He finished with a double-double himself. Who's great. Yeah, he had a fantastic game. Ten uh, rebounds to go with five assists and his 11 points. But the next highest scorer was six points in KCP. Like, it just shows that this team decided that we're going to take our stars and show you that we're just better than you. And that's exactly what happened because, like, Miami didn't play an awful game, I don't think. I just think they were out-talented in this one. I agree. Spencer? I would also out-talented for sure. Also outsized. it seemed like. Uh, rebounds were 58 for Denver. 33 for Miami. Uh, wow. So I think Denver just has a more sustainable game plan. Uh, it seems like if Miami is shoot, if they don't shoot over 40% from three, it doesn't seem like they're in many games, which is a problem to me because sometimes you just don't shoot well. And then that kind of makes me think, what is Miami's next option behind the three-pointer? That's personally why I picked Denver to win I just thought like that 49% from three like I just didn't think it was sustainable um, and this game Denver welcomed it they said you guys shoot all you want we'll get all the rebounds and we'll just body you guys in the paint and D- does Miami have another game plan and I don't think it's like Boston where they just did like to chuck threes I just think look at their roster you have guys like Struess Robinson Haywood Highsmith Caleb Martin like these are 
perimeter-oriented players, when that's not going, like, what else can you really get? Which is yeah. kind of scary to think. Like, it's impressive because they made it this far to the finals doing it. But when those guys aren't having their shots go down, like, really, what adjustment can this Miami team make to score? Yeah, I think they just have so many options. They just need one or two of those guys to get hot, to have a chance in, in these kind of games. And I think there will be still games in this series where their role players get hot and steal them a game or two. Like, I don't think that this is still – I still don't think this is going to be over in, in five or anything. I still think Miami has something left in them. Um, but I just want to see – I do want to see them win a game where they don't rely on the three-pointers. But like Zolfi said – that's kind of what they're built around. I just think that's their game at this point. It is. It is. Yeah, those role players really disappointed last night. Gabe Vincent's finals MVP no longer second. I think that's uh, effectively not a thing anymore. Seven points last night. Struess back down to earth three points. Lowry with nine points again. Like, this guy is... He's been so cold and so hot at the same time in these playoffs. He had his first deals of the, the series, which shouldn't really be till game three for you to be getting his steals. I think they need a lot more out of Lowry, especially in the minutes he's been getting played. Like he played 30 minutes last night. He was four for eight. So decent shooting. Just he's not looking for his shots. And I think he it's he, if these other role players aren't getting their shots, it should be on him as that third option to be getting those shots. Yeah. Like it's uh, what you said, like the way you look at Lowry historically is that he's a guy who, regardless of his box score, you think he's making an impact out there, but this was a very, unusual situation where they need it his box score looked all right for the for the type of player he is but it didn't seem impactful right nine points you didn't really see them making a difference in this game outside of that his five assists two steals like nothing was really game changing he wasn't really drawing those offensive fouls that he used to to kind of turn tides and spark things but i uh, hey daniel you are a big kyle lowry lover as, a, as the resident number one raptors fan i think so tell mm-hmm. us about what you think i mean yeah like you're so used to seeing the intangibles with kyle and I just felt like you could not see that last night. Just like the Miami Heat in general, they were just, it was an uphill battle the whole second half. Um, and like Spencer mentioned, like they just can't get out rebounded like that again. Like we talked about like a different game plan. I don't know if they have the bodies for it, but like I say next next game you crash the board. You Like you can't, 58 to 33 is like unacceptable. I don't care if they have Jokic and Gordon on the other team, like you got to, you got to fight for those boards, especially when Jimmy, or sorry, when Bam Adebayo had half of your rebounds. He literally had 17 rebounds. Like no and one. He else. got 10 of those by the second quarter. Yeah, and like so, no one else was trying. But who um, else is going to get the rebounds? Is Kevin Love the guy? But that's is, Kevin is, Love. Like, Kevin Love doesn't play enough you minutes. Know what I mean? it's strange. Like, they didn't Butler play him though. Cody Zeller, you're not really going to get much out of. Are you going to have to play Omer Yurt seven, like so you can get rebounds? Like <laughs> I, it's a serious it. question now. Like what are I you going to do? I, that's why I'm surprised they didn't play. Kevin Love more. It seemed to work for them in th- game two. Spolstra has this weird thing with Love where he'll play him and he'll look really good and then they'll kind of limit his minutes a lot more. And then he just won't be playing like enough minutes. And I think like, he he's good. Just play him. I don't I, I don't understand. He's the second tallest guy on like you need to play him. You need to point, get someone on Jokic. Don't give me the points that I want out of Love. At least I try to put him out there to rebound the ball, box out somebody. Yeah, no, exactly. They had sixty points in the paint. And Max Struess was Miami's second leading rebounder. That's not That's okay. That's a problem. That's not okay. Yeah, no, that, that can't and happen. Like, I feel like that feeds Jokic and their energy even more because, like, 
you just as a team, Denver will just automatically clue in that like, hey, we're just so much bigger. Like the amount of times that either Gabe Vincent or Kyle Lowry or one of those small guards got on Jokic was insane to me. Yeah. Like I just don't I didn't understand. Like I get they were they're in a zone or they're moving around, but like letting that switch happen that often for a guy like Jokic to get comfortable is I think a big mistake. And I don't think it plays well into what Miami's trying to do. But like to all your guys' point, like rebounding is gonna be the big thing that they're gonna have to fix, but like I just put, throw my hands up in the air. Like, how? Yeah, man, that's where Spo comes in, dude. He is one of the best in the league. If he can figure something out, that'll be that would be great. But it is a very tough solution to come up with because, again, like, the bodies just are not there for that. Um, just got to get that heat culture in, man. You got to get aggressive. You got to box out, even if they're bigger. Like, we've seen Kyle do it. Kyle can box out bigger people. He's a he's – a, I know he's older now, but, like, using that same type of style, like, that's how you could – get more boards but again it's like way easier said than done so. and boxing out is an effort thing to be fair you are it right. is an effort thing was there anything from the nuggets that you saw last night that you didn't like uh it took them a while to set up their offense sometimes there were some occasions where like you could see like they just passed the ball in the perimeter just constantly waving off and then like when their offense was finally set there's like eight seconds left on the clock yeah like that's a bit concerning from their end um i'm sure that's sorted out every time Jokic has the ball but um, yeah, that can't happen too often. My biggest thing is still Michael Porter Jr. I was gonna. That was my, well, my yeah, of course, yeah. not good point. What is happening with him? He's not making his shots. If he's not making his shots, he's not gonna do much else. So well, he got called out by Mike Malone, even after game two, to play better, and he played worse somehow. Yep. What they they need him? To, I understand they're up two one now. I I'm sorry. Like Christian Brown was good. But you need your max players to play good. Like, this is unacceptable from Michael Porter Jr. He needs to be a lot better than how he was. Yeah, that's, like, what I also find concerning. Like, Jokic and Murray, like you said, Zolfi, like, just the way better duo outplaying uh, Jimmy and Bam. Uh, like, that, it is what it is. But, like, the Denver role players have not been – like, I know Gordon had a good game um, and obviously Brown. But, like, the role players just have not been showing up the way you want them to. And, like, Jokic is obviously, you know, like, an amazing player. Probably, one like, top two in the league. Um, but I just I, – I worry when you rely really heavily on your two-star players and, and you can't rely on role players at all because you need those games where role players step up in order to win a series. And we haven't seen it yet from Denver. No. So I guess kind of, like, we haven't seen it from Miami either. But, well – Miami's role I, yeah, players, they, actually, they, they've yeah. been there. Cause again, yeah, they've like, been there, actually. It's the first game Gabe Vincent hasn't scored yeah, more than, more than yeah, 10 okay, points. Yeah, okay, that's, yeah, my, so fault. that's like, my fault. But no, but like, to your point, like, if you want a negative out of Denver, it's the fact that the role players still haven't kind of done anything outside of Aaron Gordon. Like you said, MPJ had two points. KCP had another six points on one for four shooting. And if you want to know why Reggie Jackson came in the game, Bruce Brown played 29 minutes, went one for five, five points. He was a plus eight, sure. He had three blocks. That's probably why. But outside yeah. of that, he really did nothing so like like i get it they their duo is better and i agree and they're so talented in Jokic and murray but their rotations already so tight they yep. play like eight yep. players and out of those eight players if four to five of them just aren't doing anything like you're asking for and it's maybe possible but you're asking for a herculean performance from your two stars you're asking them to be like Shaq Kobe level which I'll get to because if you look at their stats as a duo it compares very well to Shaq and Kobe it's almost identical so like can they do it sure but is it realistic to ask them to I don't know if you can do that for a full game seven a seven game series you're look at playing the with fire yeah look, you look are look at the minutes as well 44 minutes for Jokic and 45 for Murray 
It's unsustainable. Yeah, the second most was Gordon with 34. Like that, that's unsustainable. Yeah. Also, I mean, I, it, I, we don't know if it is or isn't, to be honest. Sure. Yeah, it okay, might, it might be. Yeah, you know, it's it's be, crazy. It feels like it's unsustainable. Realistically, it's not. Realistically, it's not sustainable. But they may be on, like, they're, they're obviously making history already. The first yeah, two players yeah. to have 30-point uh, triple-doubles in the same game. Like, Jokic is the first guy to do 30, 20, and 10 in a game. He's the only player through, like, three games in the finals to put up 100 points, 40 rebounds, 20 assists over a three-game span in the finals. So, like, they've been making history. So can they? Sure. But do you want to bank on it? I don't think so. Yeah, that's exactly the point. Like, not even we're not even trying to, like, rag on Denver. We're just trying to find things that might be worrisome for them, and I feel like that's one of the biggest things. Definitely. Well, especially when their offense was the shining achievement of this team going into yeah. the series. Everyone was saying this is an offense versus defense style game. Well, the offense from the Nuggets, aside from Jokic and Murray, has just basically been invisible. And Gordon. I'll give Gordon the, the pass. And for Christian Brown. And Christian Brown. Yeah, but, my, but, that, but that's my point, is that he's a rookie. Like You shouldn't be relying on this guy. He realistically should be your bottom-of-the-bench guy that'll come and give you yeah. some minutes. And he's outplaying a max player. He's outplaying your veteran that you thought would be really good, and he's been having a very disappointing season. It's just it's weird. But they're winning. So yeah. they're doing something right, I guess. If you win, you win. You just need two more now if you're Denver, so yeah, they'll take so it. Close to the and finish I'm pretty line. sure Game 3 is like the most important game in the NBA Finals. I think... I can't remember the percentage I heard, and I don't want to speak non-facts, but it was somewhere around like 80% of the teams that win Game 3 in the NBA Finals win the Finals. Oh, wow. I think the last five playoffs in a row, uh, a team that lost at home still ended up winning. So it's not like you have to be perfect at home. You can still get a series win. You can still win the championships. Like To your point, Spencer, Like it's an important game, but there's just so much going into it that you just never know now. It's, oh, of course. it's just a lot harder now because I was saying in the last prediction, that's why I went to Miami. I was like, this is the game they needed to win. Absolutely. Because now the pressure is completely on them that if they fold again for game four, it's 3-1 going back to Denver with the altitude again looks a little more impossible. Is that going to be the most under ra- under the radar 30-point triple-double in the finals of all time, which Amal Murray did last night? I feel like I it so, yeah. because yeah. everyone's talking about Jokic. He had one of the best games, like, in finals history. I'm going to be honest, night. watching that game, I didn't even realize you had the triple-double until I saw the graphic. It was a quiet triple-double. It was. It felt like a really quiet triple-double because what all player, the focus man. was on Jokic. And it's just, it's just it, it was absurd. Do we? Are they the be- the top two duo in this league right now? Oh, they have to they be. They have to be. Did you, did you guys play? They're up there. Did you guys ever play uh, 2K and, like, go to the park with, like, a my player. Oh, yeah. yeah. And there's, yeah, always, yeah. there's always one guard and one center playing together at the park, and they're just, like, cheesing Unfair. everyone. And, like, this, the, the, the guard's doing all these crazy dribble moves, and this, the center can, for some reason, do everything. Yep. That's literally these two, man. Yeah, I'm yeah, telling actually. you. Yeah, like, if you want to punctuate it, here's the stats. Like, so Shaq and Kobe in their, like, uh, best playoff run, 53.6 points per game, 21.3 rebounds, 6.5 assists. That's one of their best playoff runs as a duo. Jokic and Murray in comparison, 59.3 points per game, so six more points. 20.7 rebounds, so one less uh, rebound. 19.3 assists. They have 13 more assists per game as a duo than Shaq and Kobe did. This duo is historically great. Yeah, like we're actually watching history. Yeah. Like, I think we noticed that, though, once we saw how many triple-doubles Jokic had just by himself. And then now you have Murray balling out on top of it. Like, we are witnessing history right now. Game four. Not Saturday like we thought it was. Apparently, it's a two-day break. Yeah, because okay, why not so. change everything that we've already gotten used to? Right, because, you know, three, 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 and then two. Yeah, why uh, not? That is tomorrow. What are we feeling here? What What do these teams need to change? What does Miami need to do to get that game and give them a fighting chance in this series? Start with you, Spencer. 
well, obvious the obvious answer is rebound better. Um, but on on top of that, they just need their role players to show up. They're a team that's built on being a team. They don't have the star power that Denver has. So if they want any chance in this next game slash the series, they really need their full unit to show up and, and play their best. Do we think Tyler Hero is going to be coming back? I don't know because they've been saying that for all series, every game. It's like, oh, will Tyler Hero come back for the next game? Well, he's not. Um, so I don't know. I don't really know if I want to see him come back. I don't think it's going to help them. I think if you bank, if you're Miami and you're banking on Tyler Hero to come save your series, you're in deeper trouble than we all think. Like, so in terms of like what Miami can do to get this win, one, hope Denver's role players keep doing what they're doing, which is not producing much. Two, you got to go back to doing, again, it's cheesy, heat culture. You have to dig in, show effort and intensity, yep. and you need to play your game I, I remember watching last night, I was saying it looked like Miami was dominating this game, but it was close, and I said how that didn't make me feel good about my prediction because it's usually been the other way for Miami. They've looked like they're the team that's getting like beat down, but they're feistier, they're grittier, and they're chipping away little by little. They have to do that. They can't try to win this game by going for home run plays. You can't just hope for a Jimmy like 50-point game. You have to do this collectively, and I'm not asking for Gabe Vincent to put up like 50 points or like not even like 20 points. Just put... Decent efforts. Max Strews hit more than like one three. Like put in a bit more of an effort. Kevin Love, let's get him in there hopefully for more than 15 minutes. And if he can just put up like an eight and eight game, I I really don't think that's asking too much. So I think they're going to have to just go back to their way of playing, which is just being gritty, being physical, get that ball and get as many shots up as you can. I feel the opposite a little bit. I feel like this team needs a Jimmy Butler takeover game. Oh, don't get me wrong. Oh, a 50-point sure. Jimmy game would help. Like, Butler has not scored over 30 points since Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Finals against the Celtics. That's... You can tell he's That's really not great. Exhausted. He looks like he's reeling. Yeah. He's tired. Do we think he's tired, or is he still a little bit hurt? Because he did mention that he still feels it in his injury. Like, I feel like... It, does it feel like he's just running out of gas completely, and he's just... I think so. We can't yeah. we can't come to expect that for the rest of the finals. This massive takeover. I mean, I I'd like at least one game. I think he'll give one game. Like it's Jimmy Butler. Um but for like the Heat, I like I basically just agree with what you're saying, Zolfi. Like get gritty. Like you know, I mentioned like Nuggets sometimes struggled to start their offense up. That's like like give credit to Miami. Like that's because of how like gritty they were on defense like all the deflections they create like that's a really big deal keep doing that stuff get those extra possessions throw off the the nuggets game um and then of course hit some shots in the meantime while you're doing that but like yeah if you can just add rebounding continue to be like good defensively that's i think the key key factors to winning the next game they need to find a way to frustrate Jokic. Yeah, exactly. Like, game two, when they're winning, you visibly saw Jokic's frustration, taking a couple silly fouls here or there. Like, Jokic is a dominant player, and he's great, but like we talked about last pod, he can get frustrated with with silly things and theatrics and all that kind of stuff if you know how to do it the right way. So if Miami goes back to being physical with him, kind of forcing him into actions he doesn't want to be a part of, that may be your best strategy in terms of, like, containing a guy like Jokic and getting your players producing because you're going to be back to playing that heat culture st- style of play. So Spolster needs to find a way to do it. I don't know what it is, but he needs to find a way to get in Jokic's head, frustrate him a bit, and then help his team open up their offense. Denver only took 18 threes yesterday as well, so I think they're actually buying into the idea of we're going to win this one in the paint. 
and I think it's been working for them so far. Like, because there's just they just don't have the size of Miami to match. So there's always going to be a mismatch somewhere. Like even yeah. even if you have Gabe Vincent or Max Drews on Jamal Murray, like that's a mismatch for Jamal. Like Jamal Murray can <laughs> just he can just he can just back him down in the post if he wanted to and play like he's a center. And like it's it's pretty crazy to watch. Also, could we uh, acknowledge how good Jimmy Butler or not Jimmy Butler uh, Jamal Murray Jamal Murray's defense was on Jimmy Butler? Oh yeah, yeah. Guys, it's, yeah. it's an underrated part of his he game. He was locking him down, man. It was yeah. really impressive. He kept denying him off the, off the initial drive, and it, yeah. was, it was unbelievable. To watch. His activity has just been so impressive to me. Like, there was a, a play where he got the ball in the fast break, ran it, went for the layup. The layup, like, leaked off, and he, within a second, he's jumping up and trying to tip it back in, helping his team secure a rebound. Like, for a point guard that's playing 44, 45 minutes to show that kind of activity, like, when it's not even something he should normally be doing, which is being on the glass, like, you can tell this, like, his the stars are completely leading the way for Denver, and, like, Jamal doing that is just so impressive to me. Yeah, me too. Canada's backcourt, guys. Ooh, pretty good Jamal. Oh my no, spicy. I thought you were going to say Jamal and R.J. Barrett no. <laughs> I'm just joking I'm just joking <laughs> SJ all the way I don't think I'm even this is not still sitting with me that there's someone from my hometown in the NBA finals like it's so crazy to me watching this and he's the second best player in the series it's so far. ridiculous it's really finest. talked to all my friends back home and they're saying there's like this buzz this is this feeling going around there is at there's this park called Stanley Park and they held they held a watch party last night for the NBA wow. finals sponsored by uh the their team the Kitchener Titans which is a basketball team in Kitchener they they hosted it there and like people were showing out and he he showed up for everyone That's and really just cool. thinking that if he wins that he's going to be bringing the Larry O'Brien to Kitchener that's going to be oh, yeah, 100% is. Cool, going to be there. That's what it's all about. It's going to Larry the OB is going to be at the University of Waterloo, at Laurier University. It's going to yeah. be at Conestoga College, like all these local spots cuz that town is basically just students and universities and old people. But I, I went there so I can <laughs> say <Jake>. that. <laughs> I went there so I can say that Jake knows I'm not wrong. Hey. Uh so like it's going to be so cool that you get to see that in Canada in the city cuz like Raptors winning the championship trophy was obviously awesome, but with most of the players being American that's where they took the Larry OB. Like it's it's like the Stanley Cup is the thing that usually gets toured around Canada because the players, a lot of teams have Canadian players, so it comes around here. You see the Stanley Cup in a Tim's or something like that. But now, if they win, you're gonna get to see the Larry OB have its time in Canada, which is gonna be so nice. Potentially two years in a row. Right, yeah. we're almost on the verge of two Canadians back to back winning. The and playing NBA a role too, and play, like, being a massive part. Yeah. Wiggins was a huge part in yeah. that winning last year with Jamal Murray doing it this year. It's it's crazy. It's it's goose, it's goosebump you, inducing, honestly. That's how you grow the game, man. That's what it's all about. Shout out Canada. Shout out Kitchen. Is there anything Jamal Murray can't do though on a basketball court? Like, does he have a weak spot? I thought you were going somewhere uh, else yeah, with that. Uh, next, like, question, uh, next question. Next <laughs> question. On the on the court, no, I don't think so. Honestly, his defense has gotten so much better, and that was a big question mark. But through beforehand, and I think from someone coming back from the injury that he did too, like let's not forget. Yeah, true. He had a massive injury that he's come back for and has looked better. He was out for basically two years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was bubble playoffs. He was going crazy, and then he got injured. Him and Donovan just like, going back and That was probably his only That's probably his only question mark is that he was kind of streaky, but he, all, he's been nothing he's but it. consistent this right, playoff. He can give you a step back three. He can give you a pull-up mid-range. He can back you down the post. He can pass. He can rebound. He can play defense. Like, Honestly, he's unbelievable. kind of similar vibes to Jimmy in that he, like, regular season does not, like, really care i mean he cares but like i don't think he cares about the awards but then playoffs he just turns it on every time i just think he was honestly still recovering yeah that's season. valid too yeah. like, i think he's just finally getting back to 100 percent. yeah that's fair 
people talk about basketball and how with John Morant and everything that's going on there that like basketballs and oh the younger generation we don't they don't really have these young guys people can grow up on but we have the Donovan Mitchells we have Jamal Murray that are out here showing out day in and day out and I'm so happy Jamal's finally getting the flowers that he deserves because what a player special great player man we want to do our predictions we want to go around do we we really want to stake our claim let's do it Oh, let's go with the guy who picked Denver last. And I said by 15. You did. It wasn't a very solid. I wish I said it with a little more chest. Yeah, it was kind of a little like throwaway. I said they're going to win by something like 15. This is your time to uh, have some chest again. Yeah, I really I really expected Jamal Murray to have a big game, and I kind of wish I harped on that a bit more because he did have a big game. Um, but there was some things that I obviously didn't expect. Um, let's be real. Like Christian Brown, that's, that stretch there at the end of the third, beginning of the fourth, like that won them the game. Yeah. He was he would drive through contact two players. Doesn't matter. That over ball Jimmy. It, over Jimmy. Yeah. Like I think Zolfi said it best in her group chat. Like when did Prime D Wade show up? Like he was just he was everywhere. He was cutting, yeah. he was driving, he was rebounding. That guy was unbelievable. Um and yeah, he was a big reason why my prediction was correct and I didn't even think about him. So thank you, Christian. And you're going Oh, my ne- for next game? I'm going Denver again. Of course. He was so happy about the last game. He didn't even think about this game's prediction. He's like, let me just tell you about why I was right about everything. So originally, I was when I first picked Denver to win uh, yesterday, I was thinking I was going to go back to Miami. But based on last night's game, I'm just I'm going to go Denver again. I just think that they have the more sustainable game plan and strategy. And, you know, if I pick them every game and they win the series, I at least get four right. Your record is 4-3 and three now with the win last night, so you're tied with me for records. It's, it's a good shout. Zolfi, who you got? Look, my uh, I hope and I want Miami to tie this thing up so then it makes it a much more intense and dynamic series. My thoughts coming into the series were probably leaning towards Denver in six, so I think going on that, I feel like that's probably the best bet here. So I'm going to go with Denver in this game because I think they'll take the commanding 3-1 lead. And that's when we'll see the huge effort by Miami and Jimmy Butler probably having that like 40, 50 point game. But I just, I don't want to bet against history. Like this, this duo of Jamal Murray and uh, Nikola Jokic is almost like unlike anything we've seen where both the big and the guard are great from the perimeter, great from inside. Like again, Shaq and Kobe were awesome, but Shaq wasn't perimeter oriented like Nikola Jokic is. And, like, Kobe could do things, obviously, inside, but, like, Murray's efficiency in scoring at that rate I think is different and it's special. So they are a historic duo, and I don't think I want to bet against that in this game, or at least not two games in a row. So I'm going to go with Denver because I think you're going to get more of the same. And uh, can Miami adjust? Sure. But I, since I don't know what the answer really is, I'm going to have to see it before I believe it. Your record's currently 3-4 and four right now, riding with the wave of Denver. Yes, sir. You said Denver in six. Are you you're still sticking by that or no? Currently, yeah. So I think you, you have Miami going back and stealing game five. That's what I think is going to happen. Wow. That's my pr- prediction right now. Things I'm change, on, I'm but right now I'm with Miami probably stealing game five and ending after that. Okay. Daniel, you're here with the two and four record. <clears throat> it's time for you to try to make some ground up here. Are you still riding? You have been the preacher of heat culture. I'm gonna. I'm just going to put this out here because if you switch right now, I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, I think you've you only picked against them culture, once, right? Yeah, only one time. Uh, if you do this. I, I'm enamored with Jokic and Murray. <laughs> they are a spectacular duo. You know, Jamal Murray's Canadian. I love seeing him succeed. And that's why my prediction is heat culture, oh, baby. sticking with it. it I like heat it. heat culture. I think 
Spo, he's the best coach in the league. He's going to go go to the drawing board, make some adjustments. They're going to come back. They're going to be gritty. They're going to going to be aggressive. Uh, hopefully, Jimmy is going to be you know energized. Um, I think they got Game Four, and it's going to be a really good series because of that. So that's my prediction. Miami gets Game Four. Go out swinging. It's a good way to go. All right, look. So that's it's two one right now. Last time it went three one, did not work out well. It's it's so tough because it's so easy to just be like, oh yeah, Denver. It is. But the way that I've <laughs> touted this series has been momentum has been switching back and forth, definitely and back and forth. And I wake up today and all I'm seeing is Nuggets and five. It's over. It's done. Just, I'm not doing it yet. It it I'm I'm not in this series back up at two. I gotta go heat. I have to. I don't. Shut I don't know. There, there is nothing that logistically I should be looking at this team and going, "Yeah, they'll win the next game." But again, this is what Miami has done. Yeah, that's what the Heat team has been. They got pushed around for three games by the Celtics, and they came out and killed them in Game Seven. This is do or die for this team. Quite frankly, if they lose this game, it's probably done. I know you say, "Oh, they probably could come back and stick it." I think this is it. I think this is the time, and I think Jimmy knows that. And I think now, I said last game will be a big Jimmy Butler game. This is the Jimmy Butler game I got coming out. And when are Miami at their best? When their backs, their backs are against, against the wall. Because that's when that right there best, is that hashtag. Cute. That cute. Did you guys rehearse that? That was adorable. We finished each other's sandwiches. That's not what I was going to say. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> uh, I, I'm just enamored by heat culture. I, I think it, I think it's happening. I'm going to look like the biggest hater being from Kitchener and picking against Jamal Murray. It's an awful look for me. Hey. But I I think heat. I I got this one going back to two. Going back to mile high so there you go we're, pick we're with going, your mind yeah. not your heart going, going back to 2-2 two, two again for everyone see what happens I, let's go jake let's I, go i think daniel honestly nailed it too like i think either way whether the, the heat win or lose it's going to be on eric's bolstra like yeah if they win i think that you're going to see a completely different i want to say game plan but maybe just on the defensive side of the ball um and i i, I think either way it's going to be i think it's going to be a close game i'm super excited to watch that is tomorrow. So we will curb that and see what happens then. In the meantime, some major news dropped last night that may not be major news, but may be major news. Chris Haynes tweeted out yesterday that the Suns reportedly have waived Chris Paul. Reportedly. Reportedly is the key word there. He put that tweet out. Everyone blew up, went crazy. And then you see some other people coming out here and refuting that report, specifically Adrian Wojnarowski saying that the Suns have not actually done anything yet and that him and Chris Paul, the Suns and Chris Paul are exploring multiple options, including a trade, stretching his contract, waiving or re-signing him in free agency. Which is like all the options. (laughs) So every single option. But that they are expecting this to be done before June 28, which is Paul's contract date. So we should be getting some news pretty soon here. First of all, how does Chris Haynes tweet that without actually knowing for certain that he's been waived? Because that is crazy that jumped that the happened. Gun. He jumped the gun. Which is surprising because he's not usually the kind of guy to do that. It's the guy that broke no. the Kawhi news yeah. at 2 o'clock in the morning. He's an insider with players. He has really good rapport with players. So unless with he was, Chris Paul, too. Yeah, yeah, so unless he was fed something faulty or, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe uh, Phoenix – saw the report leak and we're like no 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 we're not going to let this happen this way so we're just going to backtrack to make it look like the report wasn't true i don't know but it's it's weird because 
yeah, like we we talked about last episode when we were talking about the Suns and Frank Vogel. We we're like they need to make a decision on Chris Paul. And regardless of what you think about waving him or not, we were basically like, oh yeah, they made a decision on Chris Paul. A little wild, a little uh, uh, unpredictable, I guess, or chaotic. But we we're like a decision's been made. But I guess not. So now we're basically back in the same spot. We're like, what are they going to do with Chris Paul? And like Spencer said, they're basically going over every single option. They haven't really narrowed it down. Like, oh, do we keep him and bring him back on a cheaper deal by waving him and taking that dead cap? Or do we stretch his contract, save ourselves some money? Or do we just trade him to a contending team? So, like, really nothing has happened here, but apparently they made it sound like something's happened. It's kind of crazy. Pretty much. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. If they wave <laughs> nothing him. Nothing has actually happened. Yeah. But it, it, it felt like something happened. It's yeah, yeah. it's an inside thing that we know now that we probably shouldn't be knowing and being able to discuss that. If they do waive him, that's $15.8 million dead on the contract, which still does not allow Phoenix really to get that point guard that they were possibly wanting to look for, a.k.a. one Fred Van Vliet. They will not be able to get him if they do waive him. Yeah, they would need to do a sign-and-trade, we'd assume, or be willing to pay an insane amount in the luxury tax here's the other option which we've kind of alluded to before is moving Aiden yep that could be happening and Woj also did say that the Suns are exploring DeAndre Aiden it's a possibility I don't know who wants Aiden at that contract I don't know I I don't see it happening but it could it could happen that's what I I always like to think about is where would Aiden go and who would trade for him and I just I can't really think of anyone. I mean, Indiana was the name that he was touted with because they're, they're younger with Tyrese Halliburton. You move uh, Miles Turner to this we, Phoenix. Moving Miles Turner, we haven't so heard that the one Raptors before. Have yeah. Miles Turner then? So like, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't. How love, many years have we heard Miles Turner to the Raptors? I don't love the, the idea, Raptors. but if you're asking for a team where he could go, that would probably be one of the top teams that he would go to. My thing is, which I was saying to Daniel yesterday, Matt Ishbia came in super aggressive, so. I would not be surprised if he went the route of like, hey, let's cut Chris Paul. Let's find a way to get a guy like Fred Van Vliet if it means going to luxury tax, if it means throwing out some contracts here or there. I wouldn't be surprised if he went for like a super convoluted like three-team trade to make something like this happen. Because like in his first like two to three months, he traded for Kevin Durant, which by all reports was almost entirely his decision that he wanted it to happen. And then he fires one of the most revered coaches in the league in Monty Williams after giving this core of him, uh, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, like again, like two months to get it together. So he's, he seems like the kind of guy who wants to come in and make changes real fast. So I'm not going to be surprised if it happens. Yeah, that's that new owner money, man. Like I'm, I wouldn't be surprised either if they Mortgage go into money, a luxury man. tax. Yeah, yeah. Let's go around the table and see what we think is going to happen. I personally, I think they will waive him and then they're going to re-sign him is my prediction. It's an interesting thing because – Paul is definitely going to have a lot of people that would want him on their team, especially you look at the L.A.'s and my personal pick, which I mentioned in the group chat. I think the Clippers are a really good shout for Chris Paul. I thought that, but the history he has with the team, would he go back? How many times have we seen that stuff like that in sports happen with people waving their history just be like, ah, okay, we'll go back. It's a, it's like a James perfect. Harden. Yeah, like James Harden, apparently the yeah. most tumultuous decision in the world, staying with Philly or going back to Houston. I would find that Tough choice. weird, Tough. though, given his injury history, playing with a guy with Kawhi's injury history. And like, Paul George's And Paul George, <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. his injury history. So, like, unless they want to try to— be in the hospital to, quite a bit. Unless they, wanna, yeah, the squad. unless they want to take turns to play games and, like, do it, uh, they're going to be the most, like, questioned, like, availability-wise team probably in the league, and they already are. I could see L.A. taking a run, especially with D'Angelo not— Resigning the yeah, other Lakers L- the other L A yeah I should clarify that Lakers yeah. Lakers would love him. What do you think, Sophie? 
I think he gets waived and he signs with another team. I don't think okay. Phoenix is going to bring him back. I think uh, the more they can get the ball in the hands of Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, they'll like. Uh, Chris Paul can be effective, obviously, not scoring, but I really I don't want to see Fred Van Vliet leave the Raptors, but if he does leave, I want him on this Phoenix Suns team. I think we forget how good of a player he was off the ball on that championship yep. run. Kevin That's Durant loves him, throw. too. Yeah, Kevin Durant loves him. He would fit perfectly with Devin Booker and Kevin Durant because he can – be the ball handler when they're having a rest. And when they are playing, he's perfect to run off the ball screens, get open looks, and basically be like a, a really elite, elite 3 and D guy. Yep. So I think he would fit like in a special way on that team. So in saying that, I think Chris Paul gets moved uh, on, forward to another team. Which team he goes to, I don't know. I think a lot of teams can make sense. Uh, I think there will be a bigger market for him for like those middling teams because he's been able to turn franchises into playoff contenders like what he did with OKC the one uh, the one or two years he was there. He came to Phoenix, he turned them into a perennial playoff team. So I think those mid-level teams are going to be looking at a guy like that, but I think it just I think the Lakers are going to go for him the hardest and they're probably going to end up with him even though I don't think it's going to make much of a difference for them. Spencer. I'm going to go a bit off the rails here just for fun. Just for some chaos. I think that they will Wave him and then re-sign him, okay. just to make his deal better. Yeah, for a trade. Oh, and then oh. I think they will trade him. And I think he's going to go to Milwaukee. Whoa, whoa! What what makes you say Milwaukee? They're just a team that new coach. Um, they probably have a window of time that they want to win in. Uh, he's obviously also has a smaller window of time, so I think they would move. Real small window. They would try to get him in a point guard and then move. Drew to play more shooting guard and have more defensive responsibilities rather than ball handling and defensive. It makes uh, sense because there's questions for Chris Middleton. There's his, no substance behind his it. I just contract, think it makes sense. His con- Chris Middleton's contract is coming up, and like they're going to have to decide if they want to pay him how much he's probably going to be worth like value-wise. So I think it makes sense if they wanted to move away from Chris. He probably ends up with the Lakers, but he, uh, you guys already covered that, so I wanted to just say something else. <laughs> no, I like it. If that ends up happening, that's the biggest – like. You will look like the biggest brain. I can see him in a Milwaukee Spencer jersey in my head. NBA insider? Is Just that starting off the podcast with that clip. Spencer Bomb. Yeah, we're going to have to quote in that. A Kloss Bomb. Yeah, Kloss Bomb. Kloss Bomb. Mm. It's got to yeah. ha- yeah. happen. It's got to happen first. It sounds fantastic. Kloss Bomb sounds better than Spencer Bomb. Yeah, it's got to happen first, boys. Danny. Yeah, pretty. I like exact same as Alfie, pretty much. I think he gets waived. I don't think he comes back to the team. Okay. And I think this is all a ploy just to get Fred Van Vliet on the team because same thing. I think people have forgotten how good he is. Are we all unanimous with that now? Fred I'm, to that seemed just so obvious. Well, like they have already. It's already been reported that they are interested. I think. In I think fit Philly, wise. Philly, so, but who yeah. comes back then at that point with the Fred Van Vliet? Well, if trade? it's a sign-in trade, it would most likely have to be Aiden. They would have to basically say <laughs> we're. And the reason why I don't. Hey, that's I don't, not a bad thing. I don't no, mind but I'm just idea. thinking with Pertle because the Raptors have Pertle oh, to yeah, re-sign too. Yeah. That is a. Pertle and, and, and we traded a first for Pertle, so if we don't sign Pertle, that would I mean, but our weakness, the Raptors' weakness has been bigs, so like at least they'll shore that up. They can draft. But a if you're putting that much money on two bigs, it's two young bigs, and then you can let Scotty focus more on being a playmaker and a ball handler than having to play inside the paint. Just what the Raptors need is more shoot- non-shooters. If that's the case, they probably don't re-sign Jacob. That Look, which I'm feels such a failure. Insane if that happens. Well, it, honestly, if I, I say if you bring in Aiden, I would take him over Jakob Pertl, would you not? Of I course. know it's a failure uh, that you no, traded away for you, uh, you traded away picks for Jakob, but like, hey, I don't care. Like the past is the past. If you bring in Aiden, 
uh, with this roster who's younger fits the timeline. I think it's at least getting something for the like Trevet Fred Van no, It does fit the timeline a absolutely. little bit more, I think, yeah. than Yak. But it's just it's nothing in my head. Seeing the Raptors trade a first round pick for Jakob to let him leave. No, that's fair. Yeah. Feels so wrong, That's especially on Aiden, who's on a much bigger contract. I think Aiden mm-hmm. coming back is something that would make more sense for Phoenix because they've shown they don't need a dynamic center. Sure, they had Bismack Biombo and they're playing like effective minutes. They, they also have, now have KD, who yeah. also can play big man minutes. He's, he's a, a fantastic help he's defender. A great defender, dude. Yeah. Interesting times ahead. I want that Klaus bomb to happen now. I I have that stuck <laughs> in my head. I want that to happen. I think that about wraps it up for this episode. How are you guys feeling on that? You guys excited for tomorrow? Feeling great. Yeah, I'm super excited. Should be a really good game. Heat culture. Should be a great game. I Heat think it's gonna be really close. I'm not feeling good about any any predictions. I think the game's gonna be. Hey, you didn't electric. think twice last time, and you you're right. The, yeah, the stars last were definitely out. The, last time in game. Was a straight yeah, sport thank you. They, Shakira there was, was there. Shakira. DJ Khaled was there. Yeah, so you did well, call that gonna, one. He's gonna be there. Like we know that. But Neymar was there. Shakira was there. J Cole was there with his boy Caleb Martin. Thank you. Stars came out, but we need this to happen in Denver as well. I get it, higher altitude, not as exciting of a city, but bring the stars out to Denver. You're going to get Adam Silver and you will like it, okay? No. Yes. Yeah, that about wraps it. Let's go around and do our socials. You can find me at Jake underscore Schultz, S-C-H-U-L-Z-6. Selfie? You can find me at Zofie underscore Shake. That's S-H-E-I-K-H on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me on Twitter at Sport. And you can find me, Daniel, on Twitter, at Raptors Vision. That is, no, I'm joking, Raptors Vision, yeah. You might have to change it to Heat Culture Vision by the end of this. Yeah, maybe, potentially. Yeah. I am a Heat Culture believer, so. Or you can find all of us here at the Dream underscore Team Pod. That about wraps it up for episode five. Also, find us on Spotify, on Apple. Leave us some reviews. Leave us some love because uh, this has been a lot of fun. Episode five, one milestone down. More to come. Download, listen, have some fun. Join us on the debates. Let us know what you think. Yeah, leave a review. Tell us we're dumb. Tell us we're smart. This Chris Paul story is not done, so we've only scratched the surface on that one. We'll see what happens. Game four tomorrow, back in Miami, South Beach. Crew is split on that one, 2-2. Let's see what happens. Enjoy it. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great game four, and we will see you in the next one. Peace out. Thanks, everyone.